0: Chapter one. But I'm telling you right now. I don't want anybody misunderstanding me. We need to stand by the Jewish people. Amen. That doesn't mean we hate anybody else. But I tell you, I'm sick of it. Why do they hate them so much? Why? why I mean, why don't they get off of it? Because they're terrorists. They're, they're terrorists. Amen. That's why. And they just hate. And their whole religion is based on hatred. And I'll just tell you something right now. We will let these, all these AC, AOCs and squad bunch up there and we we'll let them have influence and put everything they say on the news. That's wrong.
1: Amen.
0: This country was not founded by Muslims.
1: It's
0: founded by Christian people. You like that or lump it. And if you think that's wrong, that's just evidence you've been taught wrong and believe the lies. Yeah. Anyway, get off of that, preach the word of God, amen. amen. Romans chapter one, this morning, I, uh, I'm gonna do something different. I've been preaching through Genesis, journey through Genesis and different things. Tonight, uh, there'll be a missionary here to Alaska and I uh, hope you'll be here for that. A missionary that to Alaska will be here tonight. I wanna to preach this morning on a message uh, why I'm a UN Christian. <laughs> that word means un. un I'm not talking about up in New York okay. I'm a UN I'm a, I'm a un Christian quote I'm an un Christian y'all ready alright here we go let's just pray Lord help us today to preach in a way that would glorify God Lord you said glory, glory in the church to Christ Jesus God, I pray today that everything said and done in this place, every attitude, every motive, every thought and deed, song, prayer, everything, the preaching, will be to glorify God Almighty. And I pray, Lord, help us to preach as if we never get to preach again. Help folks to listen as if they never listen again. I pray, God, for the power of the Holy Ghost to be here to save. I pray, Lord, the power of God to change lives, to encourage, to strengthen, Uh, Lord, to give hope. Lord, to to give sustenance, the Lord, in their journey. And I just pray, God, help us today to pour it all out for Jesus' sake and to worship him. And Lord, help me to preach. I need your help. God, I cannot do this on my own power. Lord, it'll be worse than sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. But God, if the Holy Ghost would come and preach on the inside of the hearts of people while I'm preaching outward, God, it'd mean everything. So I pray, Lord, for your glory's sake. Help us today preach in Jesus' name, amen. Paul said in uh, Romans chapter one, verse number 16, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, I will be honest with you, I've I've, kind of had to ask God to forgive me. Had a situation yesterday where man was able to work and I worked with him. And about dark last night, he about drove a, one of the biggest skitters, log skidders you ever seen in your life. I mean, about fill up this room. He about drove it off a 20-foot cliff and I turned around and looked and that skitter was doing this and he was in it. And we spent the next hour and a half in the dark trying to secure that thing to a tree with big log chains and keep it, and we left it there, sliding down the hill hopefully like that. I told him, I, he said something about tomorrow. I said, I ain't going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be in church, amen. And he looked at me and said, you know, I think I'll just go to church too and let it do what it's going to do. I said, that'd be a good thing, amen. And so, I, uh, uh, but I, I'm honest with you, I was so wore out last night and I got in from that deal and just wondering about it. But if you ain't never seen a, a big old monster tiger tiger cat skitter sitting on the edge of a 20-foot drop-off with a man sitting in it and in it doing this here, you ain't had judoos in back of your neck. Because I thought, man, if that thing flips, he's going for the ride of his life and probably will not make it. But he got out of there, and boy, I was glad. Amen? Amen. But life is fun and interesting. Amen. Well, here we go. First of all, I want to say to you, I'm an un-Christian. I'm a... UN in- Dash Christian, I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am unashamed. Now I want to tell you something. God didn't deal with me about this thing of shame and being ashamed. Put up uh, uh, Romans 5, 5. But, but, but you see that hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given. If there's anything in the world, God wants his people to that uh, are saved to know this. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'd have not had a Bible. You'd have never known Paul. You'd never known the gospel. You'd never known the truth. If Paul had been ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And wherever he went, he didn't back up. Amen. I'm going to tell you, you listen to me, all the daddies in this church house, quit being ashamed no matter where you're at of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do not have to shut up. This is not council culture. We're not living in a wo- I am not living in a woke culture. I'm not living in a communist country where they can tell me what I can say and what I can't. And I'm going to tell you something. Your forefathers died and shed their blood that we could be able not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to. I first of all, unashamed of my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Put up. Uh, I want to show you why David was a man after God's own heart. Psalms twenty-five, verse number two. Oh my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. I want to tell you something. You want to get something good out of church this morning? You make up your mind when you walk out that door that you're done being ashamed of Jesus Christ wherever you may be and whoever's around. I, you know, I get tickled. We got all kinds of ways of being ashamed, but we won't we don't admit it's a shame.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll say, well, now I just don't wear my religion on my sleeve. There you go. But you wear your bass boat on your sleeve. Uh-oh. You wear your ball game on your sleeve. Uh-oh. You wear everything else in life on your sleeve. You don't mind talking about everything else. Uh-huh. You wear the weather on your sleeve. Yeah. You wear your girlfriend on your sleeve. Yeah. Everything else you sleeve it out. And you don't care who knows it. But when it comes to Jesus Christ, we're ashamed to bring it up. I remember one time and I'm ashamed to tell this. I was in Texas and a, a, very, a very wealthy Texan and he invited us into his office. And I went in there, and I, you know, I'm like, I don't. The first time I ever met the guy, I don't know the guy. You know, really didn't have any business with him. He just said, "Hey, I found out who it is. I want you to come in." So I got in there, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, he starts telling the dirty joke. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Van, this has gr- grieved me to this day. He said that dirty joke, and I sat there, and I never said anything back. Now I just let it pass. Now I walked out of there and all the way home from Texas, the Holy Ghost of God said, you're ashamed. Yeah. Why didn't you say something? I'll be honest with you, I didn't hardly know what to think. But you know what I wished I'd have had in me enough of the Holy Ghost in me wow. to have said, I've let you tell your dirty joke, now you're gonna listen to me for a while. Yeah and told him how God Jesus died in his place on the cross and shed his blood and wasn't ashamed of him and hung naked on the cross so that you could be saved and shed his blood. I'm gonna tell you something. You know what the problem is? Sometimes we just don't think this is the appropriate place. We don't think, we don't, we're afraid they'll not like us. And on and on it goes, but the truth about it is we're ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The whole, the world wants you to be ashamed of your faith outside the doors of this church. They want you to shut your mouth. They put put God out of everything every aspect of our culture, and they want you to go in here and have yourself a happy time. Have all you want to in church, but don't you take your faith outside that door. That's what they're telling us in America. David said, let me not be ashamed. And in that, let not my enemies triumph. Think about David and Goliath. You see, what what did he do? He triumphed over his enemies. You know why? Because he wasn't ashamed. You see, it wasn't that crowd sitting up on the hill, quivering and shaking in their boots. David come down there and said, they're blaspheming God. He's come against the God of Israel. He's defined the, the God of Israel. We ain't got anything to be ashamed of. Go in the name of the Lord. David said, "The battle is the Lord's." You know, the day that we quit being ashamed, there's going to be power coming in your life. God will start using you to change other and influence this culture. You know what? We've got people. We don't think we're supposed to talk about God in the legislature. We don't think we're supposed to talk God about it in the courtroom. We don't think we're supposed to talk God about it in our schools. We don't think we're supposed to talk God about it in our workplaces. What has happened to American people? We put God's. Our forefathers put God's word in granite all over Washington, D.C. They put it in granite in Jefferson City and yet we're afraid, we're afraid to peep. Hey, Amen. You ought, to, you ought to repent while you're sitting right there and say, God, forgive me for being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Look at Psalm 23. It said, let none, of these, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Amen. He said, it's not us that ought to be ashamed. It's the people that are doing wrong that ought to be ashamed, amen. Look at verse number 20. He said, oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. What's David getting across three times in one chapter? Look at verse t- chapter 31, verse number one. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Let me never be ashamed. Aren't you glad Jesus wasn't ashamed to go and die for us? Aren't you willing? Aren't you glad he was willing to take the shame of our sin upon him? He hung naked before this world on the cross of Calvary. I'm going to tell you something. He bore our shame. I'm telling you something right now. Shame on us if we're ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Verse number 17. said, let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. Psalms 37, verse number 19. They shall not be ashamed in evil time. I'm going to tell you There's ever every time in American history when God's people I'd not be ashamed of the truth. Listen, we're the only people has got the truth. Bible-believing people's the only people has got the truth in this land. It's not time to cow down and crawl back in the closet somewhere. It's time to say, we know the truth and we've got it. We love you. We're going to give it to you. Amen. Amen. Preach it everywhere. Send it everywhere. Every place. Everybody. Every time we can. Look at verse. Well, Psalms 119 and verse 16. Uphold me according to thy word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Oh, God deliver us this morning amen. from being ashamed out here of our gospel and our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 127 and verse number five, happy is the man that have his quiver full of them. Talking about kids, amen. amen. They shall not be ashamed. I want to tell you something, you walk in that restaurant, you got 12 little ones following you <laughs> and they start looking at you like you're crazy, don't be ashamed. Amen. Don't be ashamed of your own children God give you. Amen. 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 Say we got that many and hoping for more. Amen. And turn around and say, you keep messing around, we'll outvote you. No.
1: We'll have to
0: yes, sir. I'll tell you what. God said children are a blessing. There ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Amen. Shame on us for letting the world shame us for having three or more.
1: Amen.
0: I'll tell you what. Look at Isaiah forty-one, eleven. Behold, all they that are incensed, these shall be ashamed and confounded. I'm saying it's time for the church to quit being ashamed and put the shame on them, amen. Mark eight thirty-eight. I want you to watch this verse. Everybody up here, we're not praying here, we're not about to dismiss. Heads up, watching the screen up here. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me, watch this, and of my words, this book, in this adulterous and sinful generation, if they were not living in that kind of generation, I'd never seen it. Of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels. God, does anybody get that? God said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. You better get over it. You better get over it. You better quit being afraid and ashamed, ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at 9, Luke nine twenty six. Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory, the Father with the holy angels. Look at Second Timothy chapter one. Paul's talking to preachers here. Pastoral, be thou therefore not, uh, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Amen. Don't be ashamed of what Jesus did for us. I'll tell you, we've got the truth. Amen. We're on the winning side. Can I tell you when this all that when all the Muslim clerics have blown their last little deal up in their little minaret tower, and when all the cults of this world are gone, the little gods are gone. Jesus Christ is going to be reigning in Jerusalem on the throne of his father David and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. And I'm telling you, God's throwing everybody in hell that rejected him. I'll tell you, He'll do it justly and He'll is right in His righteous judgment of all. God. Amen. I ain't got nothing to be ashamed of except Reggie's sin. That's the only thing I'm ashamed of. Amen. I'm telling you right now, look at verse number 12. For which cause also suffer these things. Nevertheless, what? I'm not ashamed. Why? I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. Amen. Look at verse number 16. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Ananias for way off and refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. I don't tell you that old boy walked in and said everybody was leaving. Paul quitting. Paul. Paul said all men have forsaken me. That old boy come in and said i have still false print even though he's in jail. Even though may cost me my life. I'm still his friend. I'm not ashamed to be connected with Paul. I've had people tell me, Reggie, I'd like to come to church up there, but I don't know what people say about it. It's exactly right. I'm going to tell you something. Don't be ashamed to called a fanatic. All you got to do is believe the Bible. You're a fanatic in America now. That's all you got to do. Just believe the Bible is word of God. All you got to do is believe the authorized version is the preserved word of God and you're a fanatic. All you got to do, believe you ought to dress modestly and you're a fanatic. All you got to do is believe you ought to stay married and you're a fanatic. I'm going to tell you, if that's what a fanatic is, I guess I'm a fanatic. Amen. Amen. But I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not letting him calm me down by these accusations of being a fanatic. I'm going to tell you something right now. He's coming by and power and great glory, and he said, if you're ashamed of me, what? I'll be ashamed of you. Now you say, "Rich, what's that all mean? I don't know, but it ain't good. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you right now, I'm not ashamed to be a Bible believer. I'm not ashamed that I believe the worst preserved word of God. Amen. I ain't spending no time fussing with you about your perversions and all your other junk. I just believe the Bible. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what gets my goat is they'll say they believe in inspiration. Yeah. Same Bible says preservation, yeah. but they pick and choose. They say they believe in inspiration. But they don't believe in preservation.
1: Right. Yep. Right.
0: They know that'll hang them.
1: Yes,
0: yes sir. I'm gonna tell you something, I'm not ashamed to be an authorized version, King James Bible, Bible amen. believing preacher. Amen. amen. I'm telling you, there's nothing to be ashamed about. I'm not not ashamed of the truth. I'm not ashamed of the blood of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of righteousness and decency and modesty. I tell you, such cowards out here in this country ashamed to be known as a committed Bible-believing Christian. Shame on us if we're ashamed to be a Christian, amen. Wicked ought to be ashamed, that's who. You know who ought to be ashamed? Them effeminate queers and sissies and transgenders and lesbians and all that crap. You ought to be ashamed to dress in modesty honestly. You ought to be ashamed to dress like a man if you're a woman. I'll tell you what somebody said to me. I'll tell you what, somebody, some dude walked up there and said, uh, uh, up here in Springfield, who was Randy Stafford, where you at out there? There you are. Randy, uh, do you correct me if I'm wrong? Uh, T- Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk was up there. I thought it was MU, but it's SMS. And he went up there and had a rally up there. And when they got time to question, some dude jumps up and says this, I identify, I'm a man, I identify as a woman. Why do you have to tell you that? Because he knows he's not a woman.
1: Yeah.
0: If you were a woman, you wouldn't have to say, identify as one.
1: Yeah. He's his
0: own corrector.
1: Yeah. That's
0: right. Stupid. That's, that's what I'm telling you. For you. You quit believing this Bible, you're going to go descend into darkness of self-deception and idiocy. Amen. I stand up. I, I want everybody to know I identify as a woman. Oh, really? Good thing you told us. Yeah. Your very admission that you're not a woman. He's saying, I'm not really a woman, but I'm identifying as a woman. Yeah. Stupid. Y'all be ashamed of that garbage. Amen. You say, don't you love him? Yes, I do. But you better repent. Amen. You need to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about stop that nonsense. Amen. Stop that nonsense. Amen. 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 Number one, I'm not ashamed. Number two, I'm not afraid. I'm unafraid. Amen. Isaiah 41:10. Now you listen to me. I'm a UN Christian, y'all getting it? Yeah. All right, I'm unashamed and I'm unafraid. Amen. Now, I don't know what happened to you when you got saved. When I got saved and surrendered to preach, I asked God to do something. I said, God, I've watched preachers fear people all my life. I've watched them dance around stuff they should have preached. and wouldn't preach, and Lord, I've sat there and mocked them and laughed at them and thought that and said to myself, they're nothing but a bunch of cowards because they will not preach what ought to be preached. They won't preach the truth. I said, God, if you, I'm going to, if I'm going to, you've called me, and if I answer the call to preach, which I'm planning on doing now, 28 years of age after 10 years of fighting him, I said, I'm going to ask you to do something. You take the fear of man out of me, and you make me where I can preach anything in this book if it's rightly divided, it's the truth. Help me to preach in love. But God, if you won't take the fear of man out of me. Kill me now. And that night on January 24, 1982, now that an old time altar, i mean exactly what I said and I still mean it today. Amen. I'm not afraid of your grandpa. I'm not afraid of your grandma. I'm not afraid of that old Jezebel. I'm not afraid of Ahab. I'm not afraid of none of them. Amen. Amen. Now you can shoot me. I'll just go to heaven. But I ain't afraid of you. Now I may pick up a stick and hit you. But I ain't afraid of you. Threaten me or my family, I'll probably pull a pistol out. If you think I ain't got one, right here it is. That don't mean I'm afraid of you. It means I want to live a while longer. It means I don't want you killing my loved ones. I don't want nobody killing nobody in this church. I have no intention of using that. I hope I pray. I never use that, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and dodge bullets like this. You duck, I'll shoot. Amen. But I want to get to them first. They 15, 20, 30, 40 guys that's got maybe 50, 60 guys here that's loaded with way more powerful pistol than I got. And we ain't even got to the women yet. Yeah, man. I got so tickled here a while back. A preacher come up to the camp meeting. He said, Reggie, he said, my boy. He said, man, there's some pretty girls up there at that church at Norwood. He's a teenage boy, you know, about 18. He's watching all them girls. That's what folks go to church for, you know, when you're about that age. You go to church to see who's there, amen. See if you can't find you one. And he said, but the thing that bothered him was a bunch of them girls had big old long knives in the boots and on their dress. He said, Dad, what's that all about? He said, it took a while to explain it to him, but I told him. <laughs> man. We don't have to be ashamed. Fear thou not. God gave me this verse after I surrendered and preached. Fear thou not. Why? I am with with thee. The great I am is with me. I don't have to be afraid. He's the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd. I don't have to be afraid. He's God. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Did you know over 500 times in one manner or another, God tells people not to be afraid. If you're a saved man, you're a saved boy, a saved girl, you don't need to be afraid of nobody. I'm telling you, our forefathers went into the lions. They were burned at the stake.
1: That's right. Come on.
0: What in the world are you scared of? Somebody's going to look at you odd? Some of you afraid to dress right for fear somebody would mock you. You're such a sissy. You're such a wimp. You're afraid of what people think about you more than you are what God thinks about you, knows about you. I'll tell you what, pray God, the Holy Ghost will do something in you before you leave this building. You'll stop that nonsense and say, I'm no longer letting this world rule me and lay with me how I'm going to dress, how I'm going to act, how I'm going to talk, what I'm going to be. I'm going to care what God says. And if in his book, I'm going to do something by the grace of God to obey the Lord. And if people don't like it, that's their problem, amen. amen. Now you don't need to be as mean as I am. <laughs> amen. Let me tell you what the Bible said. The Bible said the fear of man... Bringeth a snare. Right.
1: Let
0: me tell you one reason I don't take this church into debt. This church don't know nothing to nobody except God, Amen. and loved each other. Yeah. We don't know no no nowhere. And you know one reason I like that. If I had a million dollar note hanging above my head, yeah. and four and fifty or sixty of you flipped out of here one Sunday, I'd be worried about the offering.
1: Come on. <laughs>
0: I ain't worried about it. you leave out, take your money with you. I'm going to take. you, oh, oh, God has to, you know what I figured out? The more wealthy they are and the more important they think they are and the more important they think they've got control of you with their money in the offering plate.
1: Come on. Come on. Yeah.
0: The more God will show them, that's right. I don't need your money.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: I've seen people leave out of here a lot of money. Our offerings go up. Amen. We got, I, I, I just say it to God's glory. We got more money we've ever had. Amen. We did all this, all that out yonder and everything and still got five times what we had when we started. That's God, amen. amen. I'm telling you, preachers quit being afraid of people. Let them roll, amen. God will send five other families in to take their place. Yeah. Now, I ain't mad at nobody, but I'm just gonna tell you right now, I ain't scared of you. Amen. And your daughter, your daughter gets on the cheerleading squad and she's down there showing her panties, I'm gonna preach on it, I promise you. Come on. Yeah, boy. Amen. I, I've been revival meeting, preaching like a wild man. I've seen guys backwards. And them Jezebel's, they are really coming loose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they look around and see if anybody saw them make a face. You watch out for those people who get a place in the auditorium where they can make sure nobody else is watching their facial expressions. Yeah. I've preached for 40 years and I've hardly ever been a time when it didn't have somebody glaring at me and let me know I don't like what you're preaching. Yeah. Yeah. You got to learn to get past that. Amen. Yeah. You got to just say, Lord, help them. They got problems. I don't know what it is. They don't like me. The devil don't either. Just to pick your company. Amen. Yeah. But I'm saying this to you. That doesn't mean you got to be mean to people. Bad at people have a bad attitude. But if you Reach this book, there's going to be people that ain't going to like it. Yeah. And you can't be scared of it, amen. Yeah. And you can't be scared. I, I, this week, as a trucker backed up there, done loads of stuff, and the Holy Ghost said, Give him a tract talk. To. I said, Lord, I ain't got no tracts on me. Talk to him about his soul. I helped him a little bit there, and I went back to what I was doing. Come back pretty soon. Lord says, I want you to talk to that boy. <laughs> the Lord, he may not be in the mood for it. Yeah, things ain't going real good right now. Isn't it amazing how many excuses we've got not to talk to people about the Lord? But you know what most of it is? We're afraid. We're afraid. Do you know why we don't talk about Jesus? Afraid of losing friends. I want to ask you, how many did Jesus lose? Do you ever, do you ever I mean, the, the, the whole crowd that he was feeding left. How many did he have with him when he got to the cross? Right. Jesus was not afraid to lose friends. Jesus was not afraid to lose family. That doesn't mean you hate them. That doesn't mean you have contempt for them. Right. It means that you put God first and you will not be an idolater. Yeah. Amen. You need to be, I'm telling you right, you ever gonna be free? Quit being scared. Amen. I'll tell you something right now. Talk about somebody that lived without fear, and that's old David facing Goliath, amen. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you somebody about ten foot tall, basketball, Goliath. Little big boy run down there with a sling head at him. Yeah. I tell you, God took the fear out of him, amen i tell you the mighty men of David, 600 men, all that kind of stuff. But I'm gonna tell you something, there's a reason. God took the fear out of him, amen. amen. I'll tell you right now. You say, Reggie, you scare the devil? No, I'm not. I'm cautious, I'm on alert, I'm watching out for him, but I know where he's going, amen. He's going to hell, he's going to the lake of fire forever and ever, and if he likes to hear that Bible verse, I'll give it to him every day, amen. amen. But I'm not afraid of him. You can't be afraid of the devil and be any good for God. You cannot be afraid of people and be any good for God. Quit being afraid, I am un- Afraid? I am unashamed. Number three, I'm unapologetic.
1: Let
0: me just back up a little bit and just say this: I'm not in. Number three, let's go on. Y'all get it? I'm number three. I'm unintimidated. David was not intimidated when he faced Goliath. I'll feed your flesh to the vultures. Intimidation. Yeah. I'll kill you. Intimidation. It's going to cost you money if you stand for Christ.
1: Yeah.
0: Intimidation. You're not supposed to talk about God here. Intimidation. Literally, oh John Dewey and all the progressive educators just literally intimidated God out of our school systems in America. I want to ask you a question. Are you intimidated easily? Are you intimidated by the world? Intimidated by the devil? Intimidated by Bible critics? These Bible critics don't intimidate me at no. all. I don't care how many DDDs and BVDs they got behind their name. That don't mean anything to me. Amen. Don't be intimidated by a doctor so-and-so. Right. Don't be intimidated by that guy sitting in the chair. You know why we ain't got chairs up here? Cause ain't nobody better than anybody else up here. I'm just up here behind the pulpit cause I'm the preacher. But I don't tell you, what, ain't gonna have a bunch of guys sitting up here on a platform. Doctor, we're so glad to have Dr. So-and-so. He has a PhD from so-and-so and then he went and got his master's degree from so-and-so and so and so By the time he's done, you're supposed to be intimidated by him. Yeah. Did you know something? I'll go ahead and say this. The disciples were accused of something. Watch this UN. Un Unlearned men. That's what the Bible says they said about them. They're unlearned men, but they turned the world upside down. I want to ask you something. Who was the professor in Greece during the time that run the major university while Peter and Paul and John was preaching? You don't know. The most learned man. (laughs) You don't even know who they were. But an old unlearned fisherman who followed Jesus. Everybody in the world's heard about him. And their words are going to go on forever. Don't be intimidated by titles. Don't be intimidated by Bible correctors. Bible critics. Bible corruptors. Don't be intimidated by the Jezebels, Amen. by the Judases, by the scoffers, by the, by the skeptics, by the sniders, by the liars, by the gossips, by the slurs, by the mocking. You cannot be intimidated by people. Don't be intimidated. Amen. I'm unafraid. I'm unashamed. I'm unintimidated. Number four, I'm unapologetic. Now I'll get there. Did you know something? I'm not apologizing for repenting of my sin and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm not going to apologize for preaching on sin. If I don't preach on sin, you'll never know you need a Savior. I ain't apologizing for preaching on sin. I ain't after nobody's hide. I'm the worst sinner in this church. I am the chief of sinners in this church. I'm number one. I'm the bottom of the barrel. I make no bones about it. But I'm gonna tell you one thing. I'm not gonna apologize for repenting of my sin and believing on Jesus. That's the last thing I'll ever apologize for. I'm not gonna apologize for believing the Bible. I'm not gonna apologize for standing on truth and righteousness. I'm not gonna apologize for need of the Holy Ghost in our midst. Yes, sir. We gotta have him. We've gotta have God. I'm not apologizing that I might need upon the Holy Spirit of God to walk every day. Amen. I'm not apologizing for sanctification. I'm not apologizing for separation. Yes. I'm not apologizing for convictions of Bible that the Bible gives. I'm not apologizing for opposing the government school system. I'm not. Amen. I'm not apologizing for it. They, I'll tell you something. I'll be, you, can't, you ain't going to my funeral because I ain't having one. I'm just going to throw, I'm going to have an oak box, throw it in the ground, cover it up, it'll be over with. Yep. I don't even want to be, what do you call that, stuff they do to you? I was afraid of the needles. I don't want one. <laughs> Take you a while to get that one, amen. <laughs> Great grief and love. <laughs> but if you could be there when I'm buried. And Marigamorta sets in, "I want a King James Bible with my stiff finger pointing at it, and the other, and the Senate, "Don't send your kids to the public school.") <laughs> 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 They've destroyed this nation!
1: Amen.
0: Do you want to know why? We've got thousands of students and universities marching and hollering at Israel and taking up for Hamas. had this stole from them. Yeah. had this stole from them. See, it's not just today or tomorrow or next week. It's the long-term effect of removing God out of your life. I'm not going to apologize. And I ain't crawfishing. And I ain't backing up. And what the Bible teaches. Number five, I'm unmoved. Acts 20, 24, look at Paul. But none of these things move me. You know what Paul said? I'm fixing to get killed. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to Rome and they're gonna kill me. He said this thing's about to wrap up. And he said there's been afflictions and there's been all kinds of stuff and you can read it all Paul went through. You know what he said? I ain't moving. You know it amazes me what moves people? I'm not saying you shouldn't ever be moved as long as it's moving toward God and His Word.
1: Come on, come on. Come on.
0: But otherwise you better not let people move you. I've seen parents that, I believe this and I believe that. And the kids move, Daddy.
1: Whoa, right. Amen.
0: I've seen men said, I won't leave my home for God. I've seen the wife come in and move him. And he doesn't stand where he once stood, doesn't doesn't believe what he claims he once believed. Thinks he's now, uh, well, there ain't really nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something. I wanna ask you a question this morning. Have you moved? Have you moved? (coughs) This is what bothers me. The, The historical problem with preachers is one of two things. They either get hard and calloused in their unmoving position And they're just hard to be around. Or they totally compromise. And when they're 70, the things they suffered for when they was 30, they no longer believe. Satan can't get you one way to where you're no snapping turtle. He'll get you to be where you're a wimp. You don't believe nothing. Are you standing where you, I want to ask you a question, are you standing where you once stood? Let me just tell you some things that will move you this morning if you're not careful. Pressure. We'll move you. Be careful. Amen. Be careful the load you're bearing is not the load that somebody put on you that God never intended for you to bear. Yeah. Be careful on that. If I hadn't understood that back in the early days of ministry, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have made it. The pressure that can come on people is sometimes unbearable.
1: Yeah.
0: Only sustained by God's grace. Yeah. Weariness can move you if you're not careful. I'm tired. I'm just tired of fighting. I'm just tired of saying no to the kids. I'm just tired of telling my wife no. I'm not going to be moved. God bless you, brother. I tell you what. Somebody come. I, I maybe I, I don't know what, to do. but I appreciate somebody who's just willing to say, you know what? I need to talk to God, and they don't care if you preach. I like that. Amen. Yeah. It don't bother me. If somebody comes and prays while I'm preaching. I can promise you that much. But weariness can, can move you. I want to give you something that will move you if you was with doubt. <coughs> doubt. Satan so come in and say, well, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: cause you to doubt. And first thing you know, you've moved.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Lies can move you.
1: Yes.
0: You know, I've been lied to about people and it made me feel bad, think bad toward them. I found out it was a lie. There wasn't no truth to it, but it moved how I felt toward him. Be careful about that. Confusion can move you. Somebody says, oh, I used to believe. I've heard that. I've had guys tell me, Reggie, I used to believe the Bible was perfect too, but I've learned different difference. Got moved. Let me tell you a big one that can move you. That's money.
1: That's
0: why Jesus warned, 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 and warned about it. Money can move you. Sometimes you'll lie to earn it. Sometimes you'll be less than honest to earn it. Sometimes you'll neglect God, put God in the back seat to to have it. Sometimes it'll make you lie, cheat, deceive. Money can move you. 1 Corinthians 15, said, Therefore, my beloved brother, be a steadfast, unmovable. Let me just tell you something. It was true 30 years ago. Brother Phil, it's still true today. Yes, now, if I find out that I've been wrong about something, that's another matter. But what this Bible teaches is truth. If it was right 30, 50, a thousand years ago, it is still right today. Do not. I like that old song, I shall not be moved, David said. I'm not talking about being stubborn. I'm not talking about if you're wrong on an issue. Churches and people across this world have been moved now from the Bible. They've been moved to worldly music. They've been moved to compromise, to justify sin. And I could preach a lot this morning on, but I want to go ahead with this right here and tell you this. Number six, and I'm sure you don't move, you don't remember any of the rest of what I preached. Probably already forgot my points. How many remembers all my points? Boy, you're a smart bunch. I can't even remember them. I think I'm unafraid, unashamed, unintimidated, unmoved. Number five, I missed one somewhere. Huh? Unapologetic, thank you. Boy, I like this and I'm unleashed. I'm unleashed. Amen. Brother Michael, I want to tell you about Reg Kelly. And I, I think, I, sometimes I say, God, do I have to tell everything on myself? But this is the honest truth. Before I was saved, I went to church regularly. I had 13 straight years of Sunday school attendance. That's pretty steady. But I was leashed. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> you might have a dog that can hunt, but you keep him on the leash. You, don't do either. you see, most churches today want to keep the preacher on the That's leash. Right. Yeah. The devil wants to put a collar around our necks yeah. and say, now, you, it, it's all right for you to go to church there, but you don't be. <clears throat> keep you on that leash. Brother Michael, I want to tell you something the day God unleashed me it's the happiest day of my life Amen. you may not know it you may not sense it but I'm a free man Amen. the devil no longer has his leash on my neck Amen. he no longer has a chain and a strap yeah.
1: Thank
0: you. telling me where I'm going to go what I'm not going to do you listen to me I want to be an unleashed Christian Amen. let me tell you what happened <clears throat> watch this I'll show you a man that was leashed and I'll show you a man that was unleashed. Peter followed Christ. I gave him credit into the hall. He, the Bible says it's cold. He's over by fire. A woman's in by fire. A woman walks up to him and says, you're, you're one of those disciples. Peter had a leash on him. No, I, 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 I ain't. Pretty soon again thy speech bereath yeah. thee you're a Galilean All right. and what do he do Cuss. Yeah. trying to prove that he wasn't what was his problem he had a leash on him
1: yeah.
0: third time and then Jesus turned and looked at him because Jesus had told him what he'd do <coughs> and, he had le- and he goes out and he just weeps bitterly you know why because he's not a free man yeah. he knows the truth but he can't live it out He's the least. Jesus said, I want you to get up here to have a room and I want you to stay 10 days.
1: Yeah.
0: And they prayed. And brother, the day of Pentecost came Acts chapter two. Yeah. Old Peter jumped up, said, I'm unleashed. I've got the collar off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he
0: preached. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, that's a good job did you do that? And I got up here and I bet the stuff's not even dry, is it? (laughs) I apologize for that. I shouldn't, if your kids did that, I was trying to illustrate being unleashed. That wasn't a good illustration. I apologize to the church for doing that. Shouldn't jump on the piano, shouldn't jump on, okay? (laughs) I'll jump on them pews. They're all right, amen, but I just thought, To be honest with you, I felt it sticky. And I thought all the work that boy went to, and it does look nice, amen? looks really good. You did a good job. My footprint will be there till Jesus comes back. Boy, where was I at? Peter jumped (laughs) up. Peter jumped up (laughs) on the day of Pentecost. And he preached it. He didn't care who's listening, amen. Something happened to him between the time when he denied the Lord and the time he raised his voice and 3,000 people got saved because he was unleashed. I'm telling you something, down in the deepest part of your heart, you want to be unleashed. You're tired of being scared. You're tired of being afraid. You're tired of the intimidation. This is what the cancel culture and the woke culture is all about, is to keep you leashed. And I'll tell you, happy day when God unleashed me, amen. Set us free. You know what God did when he saved Israel down in Egypt? He popped the collar off of them and said, Get out of here. Yeah. How many of you ever went out coon hunting with a dog in a leash? Anybody done that? I'll tell you, hey man, you must be some good girls back there coon hunting, amen. I'll tell you what, take that dog out there, and he'd be in the back of the truck and you're driving down the country road at night and all of a sudden he goes, stop the truck. The hound just smelled a raccoon. And oh you go back there and you do what? I mean, he is gone. Amen. <laughs> he is gone. <laughs> Sometimes there's t- dogs ought to be leashed. Amen. All right. But I'm saying this to you. In the spiritual realm, there is a biblical principle of being unleashed. No longer am I going to be afraid to speak the gospel. No longer. Am I- listen, I told that trucker the other day. I said, listen, I need to talk to you for just a minute. He's about ready to drive off. And I said, listen, I want to talk to you about the Lord. Have you made preparations to, be, to face eternity? You're going into eternity. What have you done with Jesus Christ? And I was kinder than I'm acting right now. And you know, I tell you, man, he stopped everything. And I can't tell you, I still remember his eyes. The, the fear, the worry. Yeah. yeah. He said, I I, I, want, I need to do something. And I didn't lead him to the Lord, but i want to tell you one thing. He promised me that he would think about that. Going, I give him the gospel. He promised me that he drove that truck down the highway. He would think about this. And I told him, I said, if you can pray, you can pray over that spirit wheel and God can save you, you can ask God to save you and have mercy upon you and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Hey, Brother Robert, will not God save a man? Did you know that there's 32 truckers a day killing themselves in America? 32 truckers dying of loneliness, dying without hope, killing themselves. 32 per day. That's 200 and some a week. It's no wonder God wanted us to get in the trucker ministry. If I was not unleashed, I'd let him drive right out the door. Some of you need today to pray. Say, God, unleash me. I am tired. I, listen. I don't go for somebody trying to teach, show me how spiritual they are. Yep. Okay. I used to say a guy, I said, how you doing? Highly favored and blessed. And he had this little spill. <laughs> <laughs> Be real. Okay. I'm not saying he ain't real, but don't give me t- too much spirituality. Yeah. I'll get to thinking you're spoofing me.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not talking about. I'm not. I hope I come across right on that. Don't be sufficiently religious, you know. And you know, wear a cross, foot and a half long around your neck, and (laughs) trying to prove to everybody you're a Christian. Hey, you know, just if the opportunity comes, don't embarrass people in front of other people. You know, get him off by himself and talk to him. Don't. don't, That's why. Well, I get off on that. Let's go somewhere else pray for me. Please pray for me. I'm unleashed. Amen. Preach the gospel. I'll tell you what you do. You train that old dog. You keep him on a leash. You put him in a pen but the day comes when you need to be unleashed. Amen. There's a glorious freedom. I want to show you this Acts chapter 4 guys. If you would do that real quick. Acts chapter 4. I've got two minutes to finish this message. The Deacon board says he's going to fire me. But that it spread no further among the people. Now what happened, the disciples, watch this, were out preaching the gospel, Acts chapter 4. I mean, they were fire through town preaching the gospel through the whole country. And they they accosted them, arrested them. But that it spread no further, the gospel, among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak his foot to no man in this name. You know what they didn't want? This is the book of Acts. This is the first go-go. This is the first roll. They were telling those people, we're gonna threaten you, you don't speak to nobody, not one man in the name of Jesus, cause you don't tell nobody about Jesus. Yep. And they called him and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine that? Isn't it funny that's what's happened in America? Yeah. Yeah. You can watch the news to you're blue in the face and nobody will say, you know, we just need to remind ourselves that God's still on the throne, Amen. Jesus still coming back, and it's all going to be all right. Yep. And, and Israel will be with Jesus when this thing's all right. and, and Nobody wants to say it. Can't, oh, can you imagine for Winfrey walking out with a big old King James Bible lid on the table and say, listen, I got saved. And I'm going to tell you right now, God said, I told you there's all kinds of ways in heaven, ain't, but one way, Jesus Christ. She ain't going to pack no Bible out. you know Why? Because she's leashed. The devil got her by the neck. Is she still living, by the way? I don't know. That's supposed to be a joke. I don't know whether she is or not. Watch this. They said, you don't speak or teach. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They were unleashed. Amen. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go. You know what they did? They went back, had a prayer meeting, and then went out again. Amen. 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 Well, let me try to close out today and say, you know, there's a, uh, let's go through them. I'm unafraid. I'm unashamed. What's the next? Anybody got it? Huh? I'm unapologetic. I'm unintimidated. I'm unloved, unmoved, and I'm unleashed. I'm going to give you this and maybe most important. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. saved a wretch like me. I'm unworthy. Sinner, wicked and vile, but God... If you ever want to have an exciting Bible study, just search out the phrase, but God. Every time he steps in, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God God sent his son. I'm unworthy, but God sent a sacrifice. I'm unworthy, but God sent a savior. I'm unworthy, but Jesus shed his blood. I'm unworthy, but God gave his grace. I'm unworthy, but God gave his mercy. In the Prodigal Son story, Luke chapter 15, verse 22. I want you to put that up. 15:32, Luke 15:32. I want you. I picked this up. I'm, I probably knew it was there, but I never had quite saw it like I saw it this week. I've got the wrong verse, guys. I need the. I need the one. I've, I've written down the wrong ver- verse. 32. Back up. We're gonna find it because it's important. Back, just back it up there. I'm looking for. I am not worthy. But on down, on down. Nineteen. 19. Is it nineteen? Go ahead. On down to nineteen, boys. There it is. I think this is probably one of the most important statements that this prodigal son ever made.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm unworthy. I'm not worthy, Daddy. Boy, you get your heart where you realize you're not worthy of God's love. And when I think about He saved me and gave me eternal life, and His Son died for me, and I think, my land of living. But God commended His love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Now I'm going to say this to you, and we're going to give an invitation. You go to hell. Unsaved, and you will if you refuse Christ. But you'll never go to hell unloved. You'll go to hell unsaved, but you cannot go to hell unloved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isaiah, had another un. He saw the Lord, Isaiah 6 said. And the seraphims of the crying, cried, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And you know what then happened? Isaiah said, woe is me for I am undone. <clears throat> I looked up, I thought, what's undone mean? I looked up in an old 1825, Webster dictionary. you know what it means? Ruined. Ruined. Without Christ, I'm runt. I'm
1: undone.
0: Isaiah was saying without Jesus, we're undone. Without Jesus, we're runt. That's powerful. I'm runt without Jesus. I'm unworthy. But I'm going to tell you this. I hope by God's grace, I'll be undaunted, unruffled. Un, I'm unfashionable, <laughs> uncompromising, unbroken. But I'll tell you this much, I'm not, un, I'm not unconquerable. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you know, I will tell you this, you want to have a little fun, go to a dictionary. I believe the largest group of words in your English dictionary is words that start with "un." I never saw so many in my life. You better be glad I didn't preach on all of them. <laughs> But I'm gonna tell you about God. God is unequal. God is uncomparable. God is untiring. God is unparalleled. God is unsearchable. God is unfathomable. God is unmeasurable. God is unlimited. He's a UN God. Amen. God is undeniable. God is unchanging. Amen. God is unpolluted by sin. God is unprecedented. God is unreproachable. You can't find anything wrong with him. I'm going to give an invitation this way today as the pianist comes. <laughs> I get so tickled. That old brother, uh, Corey, uh, uh, what's his name? Corey down in Carolina's preachers. I told you about him. Huh? Cody. Zorn. Zorn. He got the funniest back, back last name ever heard to Zorn. How many's ever listened to him enough to know he's getting done preaching. He said, come and help me Ethel. <laughs> Every time. And that means come to the piano. Come help me Ethel. <laughs> so, j- don't call you Ethel. <laughs> come help me Joel. <laughs> he's just going to have something. But here's what I want to tell you. First of all, I want to talk to those of you that are saved today. You're probably like me. Down in your heart, you want to be unafraid. Down in your heart, you, you want to be unashamed. I'll be truthful with you. That's, uh, it hit me so hard that the day that happened to me was the first time I'd ever be a man in my life. That's the truth. You said God created man to be a man. And there's something Satan wants to do is fight you in being the man that God wants you to be. Unintimidated. Maybe you say, I'm, I'm just giving this invitation. Ask God, Lord, do something in my soul to where I'm unashamed of you, of your word. I'm unafraid of people. I'm unintimidated by this world. I'm unapologetic for what I know to be the truth. I am going to be, Lord, make me where I'm not gonna move. Lord, unleash me. I'm asking you Christians that would like to just say, God, I'd like for you to do that in my heart. I don't know all what this means, but I'm sure willing, God, if you'll do it, would you come? Those of you who are lost today, you're in this building, I want you to listen to me very carefully. Do you recognize your unworthiness? Do you recognize your guilt? I want you to know something God saves to the uttermost. Them that come to God by him. It's high time in America that we quit being ashamed. We get outside the church house walls. Quit being afraid of what people think. It may cost us money. may cost us business. might cost us friends. But I'm telling you something. It'll be worth it all when we see Jesus Christ. And when he said this and it makes me have a fear on me. He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you when I come. That doesn't mean you go around waving a Bible up and down the street. It just means that your day-to-day life, you're not letting them intimidate you. When you have an opportunity, God unleashes you to give the gospel to somebody. Let them know you care about their soul and where they're going to spend eternity. It doesn't mean you're some kind of you know, put on show Christian. What it means is that you're going to be real. Be real. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Is there somebody in this building today? You're not saved. You know why you're not saved? Because you're held captive by Satan. That's the reason you're not saved. Don't you want to be free? Don't? You, wouldn't you like to be free? Why do you want to be a slave of the devil for? Why do you want to let him keep you bound? When he's done with you, he'll butcher you. Is there anybody in this building today that say, Pastor, I'm lost, I'm not saved. And I want you to pray for me because God's dealing with me and I care about my soul. Pray for me that I'd receive Christ today as my savior. Would you slip your hand up high where I can see it all across this auditorium. God bless you, young man. Is there somebody else today? Somebody else, a hand way up high. I'm lost, pray for me. My praying for you won't save you. But I can tell you this much prayer moves people, the Holy Ghost of God can move you. I also wanna extend this to you. I don't care where you're at, a thief got saved on the cross, people get saved in trucks, people get saved anywhere, everywhere. You can get saved in your seat, but I tell you if you do, you won't be ashamed of Jesus. You'll tell somebody you got saved. I'm telling you right now. Well, Brother Oscar, you say it's like the measles. It'll come out on you. Amen. It'll pop out on you. You can't hide being saved. People are praying, going back to their seats right now. I want to ask this question to you. Are you out there and you didn't come, but you say, Reg, just as a trust between me and you, I'm battling. And there's a battle going on in me. And I just appreciate you praying for me. Not ask you to bother me, not like it. I see your hand back there, brother. I promise you, I pray. I pray right here. One, two, three, four. I see that little hand. God bless you there and there. That hand back yonder. That hand up here. God, I tell you, I can't remember all the hands, but you do. Lord, you saw him raise them. I see that little hand there. God bless you. I see that hand there. God bless you. I see that hand over there. God bless you. I see you that hand there. Lord bless you. I tell you what, folks, listen. We didn't come to church to play games. We have a great time. If anybody has more fun in church than I do, I don't have the good. But we're also here for business because life's tough. Life's rough. And I know you kids are facing tough stuff. I know it. Anybody else say, Pastor, pray for me this week. I see that hand there, God bless you. I see that hand over there, God bless you. And that hand there and that hand there. And back yonder and right here, yes, I see those hands. God sees them, that's the important thing. And that hand back there and that hand over there, I see that. And that hand down here and those hands over there, I see them. And those hands back there, yes, I see them. Isn't it time to be saved today, lost man? Isn't it time to be saved today? Jesus died for you. He's not ashamed of you think about this with me. The Bible said that he will confess our name before the Father. Brother Brady's not ashamed of us. Sorry as I am, he still claims me. He confessed my name before the Father. What a blessing. Oh, that'll make a shout to glory. Amen. Any other hand before we pray? Pray for me. I see that hand there. God bless you. Father, there's hands raised and Lord, you know my little feeble mind But I tell you, Lord, behind every hand, there's a soul and a spirit, a heart and a mind that has requested prayer this week. Help me, God, not to forget them. Lord, I pray help them. Lord, I tell you, I know the battle. I know the fear. I know the intimidation. I know the pressure. God, I pray that this message will encourage them. That, Lord, if they've only got you in this world, they got all they need. I pray, oh God, that you would help them, Lord, to draw close and draw nigh to you, to dive deep in the Word of God, a deeper commitment to Jesus Christ, a quiet work of the Holy Ghost inside that makes them unafraid of this world, unintimidated, unmovable. God, I pray for them right now. I lift them, every one of them, up to the throne of grace. Please, in Jesus' name, strengthen and help these people. Lord, you've been so good to us. I want to praise your holy name. I pray, God, if I've done or said anything that would hinder these people in their walk with you, that you'd strike it from their minds. If I've had attitudes while I was preaching that wasn't right, I pray you'd strike it from their heart and that somehow or another that it, it wouldn't hurt them and affect them and do damage to them, Lord. But Lord, whatever has been preached, that's of you, I pray. Use it for your glory's sake in each life. I bless your holy name. Thank you for your mercy to me every morning. Thank you for being so good to me.
1: Let's stand together.